Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Jesus was on the Sea of Galilee, and the storm came up, and the disciples thought they were going under, and Jesus just stood and went, peace. They went, we've never seen anything like that before. Well, Jesus was trying to change their thinking. You see, Jesus knew that this dead religion, this Jewish dead religion, was going to have to change. And he was in the process of doing that. Today, you're going to see he speaks right to it. Now, the reason is, by nature, you and I are creatures of habit. Many of us would agree that as human beings, we primarily function as creatures of habit. Once we get locked into a repetition or pattern, it's easier for us to go into autopilot as we go about our task. Unfortunately, this isn't always a good thing, as we all know how bad habits are hard for us to break. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark teaches us how Christ came to radically change the habitual dead religion of Israel. Not only did he come to put an end to dead religion, but we also learn how he came to change the heart of man. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message entitled, New God Ideas. Bibles to Matthew 9. I want you to see if anybody remembers kind of a little nostalgic deal today. Anybody remember one of these? What was it? It's a trash 80. Remember? Here it is. Remember how much memory it had? Woo, it's exciting. Man, you remember putting the little cassette in and you'd load your program and you go, wow, this is incredible. And then it didn't load. And you try it again. How many still have a work on a trash 80? Anybody here? I want to see your hand. Has things changed at all? We'll take a look at this next one. This is the new, well, it's Apple. It's an MP3 player. It's the iPod 60 video. On that little deal, there's 60 gigabyte hard drive in there. Not kilobyte, 60 gigabyte. It holds 15,000 songs, 25,000 photos, 150 hours of video. Incredible. What a change. Now, as you look at that, it was interesting yesterday because in the computer... I typed in iPod and then podcasting. And my Microsoft Word came up and went, what? It did not spell them. That's how new it is. But it's not really that new. If you're here today and have never heard of iPods or MP3 players or podcasting, you're probably playing, what were those things? Eight? Eight tracks. You still got them at home, right? It's time to move on. You say, what is podcasting? Well, pretty soon, we'll have our services on here. We already have podcasting, but not video yet. 
You can just pop your little computer guy in there and it will download the service. You can watch the service wherever you're at. Let me show you how incredible that's changed. Take a look at this next picture. How many students do you see in this college classroom? How many? Tell me. One. Why? He's the only guy his parents didn't buy him an iPod. Where are the other students? They're all over the world. In fact, many of them were on, having this holiday in New Mexico or someplace. I read the article in Newsweek. This is an actual picture. Well, what happened? Well, today, many of our universities, the professors, they have their lectures videoed and on file. You don't have to even go to the class anymore. You just show up, download the file for that lecture, sit with your cup of coffee at home, and take the course. Have things changed or what? The students have changed. I'm hoping I don't have a surgeon that did that. I hope there's some live stuff involved. Well, one of the things that's interesting is not just students in the world have changed, but our students here have changed. Last week, you remember, we gave you this ABCs. Well, I'm used to ABCs. How many use ABCs? I'm used to ABC. It's easy. So I, we talked about how we are to respond to unbelievers. Well, A, don't isolate. B, don't condemn. C, don't get embarrassed. Well, this student wrote me, college student from here. She may be here this morning. She said, Pastor Mark, that's old stuff. You got to get with it. You got to have an acronym that reminds you of something. And so she sent me the email and here's what she said you got to call it ice not abc ice i didn't write her back but when i say ice i remember detroit michigan i don't want to remember detroit michigan anymore how many of you remember ice oh that's why you live in florida but here's what she said don't be isolated i c don't be condemning e don't be embarrassed things change i've been duly corrected i will work hard at trying to change these things. Well, Jesus was doing the same. He was trying to change people's lives. Remember when Jesus finished the Sermon on the Mount, the people went, wow, what an incredible teaching. When Jesus was on the Sea of Galilee and the storm came up and the disciples thought they were going under and Jesus just stood and went, peace. They went, We've never seen anything like that before. Well, Jesus was trying to change their thinking. You see, Jesus knew that this dead religion, this Jewish dead religion, was going to have to change. And he was in the process of doing that. Today, you're going to see he speaks right to it. Now, the reason is, by nature, you and I are creatures of habit. We can be a little resistant to change. Anybody here resistant to change at all? Be honest. Anybody here creature of habit? Well, here's a challenge for you. Next week, flip-flop where you sit. Some of you sit there, you sit over here. Some of you sit there, you sit in the balcony. Those in the balcony sit down here. Let's see how... No, I can't do that, Pastor Mark. This is my section. For... We're creatures of habit. How many of you have a, a cat or a dog? Are they creatures of habit? Oh, I mean, at night when the television clicker goes off, our dog, it doesn't matter where she's sleeping, her eyes are open. The next thing, she already knows the pattern. 
Outside we go, it's a little potty break, and right inside, right into her cage, automatic. Now try to get her in the cage during the day, I mean, bite marks, I got everything. But at night, she's just a creature of habit. That's what Jesus is up against. We are creatures of habit. It's hard to kind to change us, and he's going to work through that. And as we take a look at that, let me add you one more C to our list. We've been going through C's the last three weeks. If you missed them, we don't have time to copy them today. But remember, God wants to change us in character and conduct. And it's not a change once. It's constantly changing to be more like him. And let me add you one more. You just write it down to kind of remind yourself today. C, current. We want to be relevant. That's what Jesus is going to teach about. Being relevant to the people and making sure that things simply make sense. So Jesus is going to shake up the church. Well, since the church is made up of people, he's going to shake up you and he's going to shake up me. We begin in verse 14. Then John's disciples, that would be John the Baptist, came and asked him, Jesus, how is it that we... And the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast. Right after John the Baptist baptized Jesus in the Jordan, he said there's a sea coming. There's a change coming. He said to his disciples, you remember, John the Baptist was the pre-runner, the one that introduced the Messiah to the world. And so John the Baptist said to his disciples who had been following him, and he had taught them to fast, Quit following me. I'm decreasing in popularity. Jesus is increasing. You're supposed to follow him now. Well, it's evident that all of those people didn't change. They were resistant to change. They were still here, followers of John the Baptist. And because of this, well, there was an issue. There was a problem. See, when Jesus came, here's the statement, first of two major ones for today. Following Jesus will bring many changes you see as you as you begin to follow him he'll change your life it'll be incredible but it's going to require you to do some things different john the baptist disciples couldn't get away from following john even though he told them don't follow me they resisted now they're asking jesus why don't you fast Fasting in the Old Testament, a time of mourning, a time of of separating ourselves of food and water and and, and juices and so forth for a short period of time to just to pursue God in a more intimate way. By the way, the first full week after January, we're going to have a week-long fast in our fellowship here as we approach the new year. Well, in the Old Testament, there was only really one day of fast, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. But by the time Jesus came on the scene, well, the religious Jews fasted twice a week and it was always an external thing they put white all over their faces and they wanted people to think they were holy jesus hated this well why are john the baptist disciples saying to jesus why aren't you fasting well because probably you remember last week we left jesus in the house with matthew's friends and the sinners they were eating so john the baptist that was probably one of those two fast days every week maybe a monday and a thursday Maybe it was on a Thursday. And while John the Baptist's disciples are fasting, Jesus is feasting. And they're saying to him, why are you feasting? You should be fasting. The the Jewish ritual is to fast. Don't you obey the Jewish ritual? And really what Jesus is going to say is, "Uh, no. Because it's man's. It's not mine. It's not God's. It's man's. So... 
How will he answer him? Well, look at verse 15. It's a strange answer. Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn? That was really what initially fasting was about. While he's with them. The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. So Jesus answered by comparing his relationship with his disciples to a wedding feast. In those days, a wedding feast lasted seven days, and each day was filled with joy and happiness. You would never mourn at a wedding, I hope. If you're mourning at a wedding, you're either the guy that lost her or whatever, or if you're in the wedding party and you're one of the two getting married and you're mourning, it's time to kind of reevaluate really quickly before the words come, like, I do? So what Jesus says is, wait a minute, this is not a time for mourning. The bridegroom's here. This is a time for fasting. There's going to be some excitement. There's going to be some joy. Now, Jesus wasn't against fasting. We know he did fast. But if you look at verse 15, what he was really saying was something very interesting. He says, the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. What was he talking about? Talking about going to the cross. Talking about going to heaven. And he says, after that time, they won't be with me anymore. I'll be in heaven and you'll see that my disciples will fast. Well, that happened in the book of Acts. And we see that through the New Testament after Jesus left. Obviously, we do fast. So here's the second thing to write. Following Jesus will bring joy. Psalm 16 says, in thy presence is fullness of joy. So following Jesus will bring many changes. Following Jesus will bring joy. A couple stopped me after the first service this morning, and they introduced themselves to me. And they just said this, this church we've been coming to has changed our lives. We were rather either for murder or divorce, separation. Our family was gone. We weren't used to the Bible. We weren't never used to teaching. We came, and our lives have totally changed. And they were just beaming for you. They said, you saved our lives, our marriage, our family. Young couple. I said, well, you know I didn't save God. I said, yeah, but we're so excited. You see, if you follow Jesus, there'll be joy. That was pitiful. <laughs> for those of you that are visitors, excuse us. Too much fruitcake last night. These people are like, well, joy. Does following Jesus bring joy? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes you have to notify your face. One of these days, I'm going to get me that mini camera. And instead of you looking at my puss, I'm going to be looking and it's going to be right on the screen. Oh, then you'll smile. You know, the little crest strips, I'll tell you when you get them so your teeth are white. If I can see your teeth. So following Jesus brings incredible joy. I want to give you six change points today. Write them down. Number one, listen to God. He is always giving new and fresh ideas. Listen to God. He is always giving new and fresh ideas. We have to be careful. You see, you don't want it to be a good idea. You want it to be a God idea. There's lots of good ideas floating around. It must be a God idea. Jesus was saying, as he explained why he was feasting instead of fasting, he's saying to those religious people, um, there's going to be some huge changes coming. This is simply a little sample of it. I've come to see how you can totally think different about God. 
In fact, you're going to have to think different, and then you're going to have to live different. And to do that, he used two practical illustrations. He didn't have big screens. He didn't have overhead. He didn't need them. We'll give you the explanation of these illustrations. Look at verse 16. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Now, to us, that's hard for us to understand because today, if you get a tear in a pant or a shirt, we just throw it away and buy a new one. But in those days, well, they patched things. And the cloth would have been, well, wool or linen, a little bit of cotton. And in those days, you know, you didn't put it in your Maytag and put it on delicate cycle. You beat the suckers on the rock. And when you did that with a piece of clothing, it shrank. Well, let's say you have a tear in it right here in the shirt. Well, you get another piece of clothing that's similar and you sew it up and you patch it up. But the piece you put on is unshrunk. So the next time you wash it, the, the shirt that you have shrinks more and this shrinks a little, but it pulls away and pretty soon the hole is bigger than it was at the start. They knew that. They tried it. And what he was saying to us is basically in a spiritual way, I didn't come to patch your life up. And listen to this. He's going to say, I can't use the old Jewish religion and patch something onto it. It's going to have to be brand new. Now, see, in our world, we patch things up. Extreme makeover. We patch the face up. Did you see the gal in the newspaper Friday from France? who had been mauled by a dog. They took another person that was brain dead and sewed that brain dead's face onto this lady because she didn't have a face. Well, I saw this personal ad in Florida for a guy. It's actual ad in Florida. He's looking for a spouse. Look what it says. Mint condition, male, 1932, high mileage, good condition, some hair, many new parts. Here's the, here's the parts, including a hip, a knee, a cornea, and valves. Isn't in running condition, but walks well. This is an actual ad. I don't know. He's looking for somebody that's warmed over dead or something. I don't know what he's looking for. It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, ads lie. Mint condition? For what? Well, Jesus is not talking about a patch job like this. He's talking about a total change. What was he really talking about? Understand, up to this point in history... The Jews operated with something called the Old Testament covenants of God from Abraham and from Moses. They were centered around the Ten Commandments, but they were basically about rules of how to live and then how to get forgiveness to try to be right with God. And of course, that included animal sacrifices. Actually, the, the Old Testament covenant was given to push man to make one statement. I can't be good enough to please God. You could never obey the command. If you broke one command, you broke them all. And so it was a frustrating thing. You and I never lived under anything like this. But it really became a legalistic thing. And there was no joy because man could never be right. And he couldn't keep the law without sinning. They were frustrated. Well, the law of the Old Testament, the covenant, was always temporary. It was going to be superseded by a new covenant, a new agreement, which would be sealed in the blood of Jesus on the cross. So in the Old Testament, we have pictures of this new covenant coming. The new covenant would be fulfilled by Jesus. He would come, he would keep the law perfectly. And as because of that, that would supersede the old covenant. 
The new covenant would not be based on legalism and have to do things. It would be based on grace. All your sins were already forgiven because of one sacrifice. See, in the Old Testament, you'd kill that little animal in your house and in the yard and bring it. And as the animal shed its blood, that was the forgiveness for your sins. It kind of covered it. The Jews were used to that. But Jesus was going to come and die once. In the Old Testament, if you wanted to go to God, you couldn't go to God directly. You had to go through a priest. Now, many of you, probably more than 30% of you come from a Catholic background. You're kind of used to that a little bit when you had confession and all those kind of things. Well, when Jesus came, the temple was rent in two, and we right in and talked to God through Jesus. He's our intermediary. You don't have to go to a person any longer. In fact, the book of Hebrews says, go boldly to God. So when you sin, when we take communion at the end of today... You don't have to call me up and say, Pastor Mark, I have to go to God. You ask me forgiveness. No, you don't. I don't mean a man. You don't need a woman. You just go directly to God through Jesus. Well, the Jews had never seen it. That's a huge change. And that's what Jesus was saying. He said, he's trying to give these illustrations. I'm, I'm not into your old religion. I'm going to fulfill it. It was good, but it served its purpose. There's something new. You will have access to me 24-7. And you'll have your sins permanently forgiven because of my work on the cross. It will be done. So Jesus came to establish this new covenant. It would have a big change of thinking from the old covenant. Now, John 1.17 says it like this. For the law, the Old Testament was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So what was Jesus saying? Well, he had a God idea. Through this illustration, he was saying this. You can't combine the old garment, which is the old law, with a new patch, which is the gospel of grace, any more than you can patch an old garment with a new patch and expect it to work. Jesus said, I didn't come to patch up your life. I came to get you a new life. This new covenant would no longer be external, but internal. It wouldn't be about putting your face white because you're fasting, it would about be of your heart. It would be inside. It would be an inside thing. It was no longer about being self-righteous, but taking the righteousness of God through grace, unforgiveness. He said, Pastor Mark, is, is that spoken of in the Bible? Here it is. It's so vivid. Second Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this is new covenant, he is a new creation The old is gone, the new has come. See, here's the thing I want you to think about today. When we become Christians, many people think that that's kind of a religious deal. No, it isn't a religious deal. See, many people think when you become a Christian, it's just like if you get up tomorrow morning and it's 35 degrees, you're in your closet looking for what? A jacket, a sweater, the winter stuff that smells like mothballs and whatever, but you'll find it. And and you put it on. Well, it warms up during the day, you take it off. That's what a lot of people think Christianity is. Many of us would agree that we're all creatures of habit. Whether those habits are good, so-so, or no good at all, we easily tend to slip into repetition and habit. This can be especially true when it comes to religion. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark taught us how Christ came to radically change and break the habits of God's chosen people, Israel. In our study, we learned how Christ came to make the most important change of all, the human heart. Maybe you're listening right now, and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. When trying to learn a new way of going about work-related tasks or performing specific skills, it's often best that we forget the old way of doing them. When Christ began His ministry, it was time for ancient Israel's old covenant to be put to rest. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach us how God's new covenant of grace has completely removed the dead religion of works and sacrifice. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world A new hope he is given